The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Post Podcast, June 24th, 2018, episode 44. Once again, it's Tom from the Washington, D.C. Outpost and Nick from the Houston Outpost. We are, as I don't need to ad nauseum say that in the doldrums of football news, but we do have a lightning strike. We have a controversy. We're going to talk about the greatest Steelers running back of all time, acknowledging we're not going back past 1960. We're probably not even going past uh, 1972, but interestingly, Nick, you you had a uh, you didn't have an interaction, but uh, one of the guys you tweet with put out a top five ranking. Was it five? They they went ten yep. deep, but it yep. wasn't worth anything after five. So let me, let me go through their list. Number one, number whoa, 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 five. Real quick, before you give the list, just give us a, a shout out. It's at Steelers Wire. I think they do the. Um, they're part of the USA Today. Um, click, if you will, their site is SteelersWire.USAToday.com. So give them a little credit for kind of almost generating this discussion for me based on um, releasing a list that I uh, was appreciative of. I thought it was thorough. I I also thoroughly disagree with it, but we'll get there when we get there. So, yeah, why don't you no, give the listeners the list? We do want to thank the guys over there for generating an idea. Otherwise, we'd be talking about the font size of the new uniform numerals so at number five they have john henry johnson a man condemned to anonymity because he just was a man on a team of boys underachieving boys yeah i don't have a problem with that one though this is really interesting at number at number four they have lev bell wow (laughs) plus okay I don't know if this is going to be even a bigger wow because at number three yeah. they have fast Willie Parker. Love Willie Parker. Okay. <laughs> that, now I know everybody else is going to guess number two and three. I don't know if you're going to know the order, but at number two, Jerome Bettis. Mm-hmm. And at number Fan one, favorite. the franchise changing, immaculate reception receiving, bearded <laughs> Italian wonder. Franco Harris, the rare black. I'm Italian. not sure. I, I would. <laughs> I'm not sure. I dispute. I thought he was Irish for the first two years. I didn't see many games as a child, but um, I think these guys all probably belong in the upper Harris echelons of ranking back, ranking of running backs. Do love Willie Parker up there. I just. Uh, I don't think either one of us agree with this ranking. No. So why don't I mean the Willie Parker and and. Put it, let's put it this way. Here they said this list is the best Steelers running backs. They didn't say favorite. So I get that if you're putting Willie Parker up there 
or the bus. I mean, you know, there's an argument for the bus being the best, but it kind of seemed to me like this ranking was based off of fan favorite running backs. They also gave a list about wide receivers, which maybe we'll talk about in another episode where it clearly reflected a kind of fan favorite type deal. But why don't we give our two lists for the, and, and really, honestly, I just want to focus on the top three, but I'll give you my list and then you can give the listeners your list. But my no, no, number I'm, f- I'm in charge. Can okay. I can I just add a little framing to this? <laughs> because this list I think looks at careers. My yeah. list is based on the the the, the same number of years that uh, five years that Lev Bell has played for the Steelers. So I, okay. I'm not sure I'm not sure how to compare careers of ten, 10 years. Yeah. Of, yeah. Right. So yeah, I took the first five years of my top three. So there's no accounting for a team's era, the coaches, the playing style. I mean, let, let's face it, right. the, the, the passing game is over, overtaken the running game. So yep. I personally just looked at statistics of uh, the premier Steelers running backs for the first five years. So having said okay. that, let's let you uh, roll. Well, I'll give you my top three because I don't think the top five to me is even what I want to talk too much about but if we do want to do the five i'll give number five to john henry johnson or barry foster would be the other guy i would use uh number four you know i don't know if i had if i've had if i would have willie in there he might because willie parker was a great a, a very good running back for a very short amount of time but he was never like a top five running back in the league you know barry foster had a really good season for the steelers and john henry johnson same thing so i might leave Willie off that list and use Foster and Henry Johnson in those four and five spots. Number three, I'm putting the bus. Hall of Famer, Jerome Bettis, one of the most legendary, beloved Steelers of all time. He's my number three running back. Number two, I'm putting Franco. Franco. Again, same thing. You were right. Franchise changing. You know, uh, especially when you talk about Mean Joe Green and Franco. Those were the real two changes of the Steelers' fortune. Granted, they had those unbelievable draft classes in the early 70s, which resulted in Hall of Famers at basically every single position, but those two guys were the heartbeats of each side of the ball. And then, of course, I'm going to digress for a second, but Terry Bradshaw just criminally underrated as a quarterback and especially as a big game quarterback because he's the one who really stole the show in those Super Bowls. But Franco's my number two, and number one – and I don't even think there's a question here. Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell, to me, is not only the best running back the Steelers have ever had, but he's potentially the best offensive player. And he would be fighting with Antonio Brown for that title. And then after that, I think you would say you get into Ben and then maybe Franco after that. Um, and I don't think that's a recency bias. For me, Le'Veon Bell for his career, you know, excluding the year that he was injured and kind of the rookie year where he got off to a slow start due to an injury, playing behind a horrific offensive line. When Le'Veon Bell has been in the game, he has been the best offensive weapon in the whole league. I mean, right now they're talking about resetting the running back market because of this guy. And yes, I know there are some big guys um, coming up with Ezekiel Elliott and Todd Gurley for contracts, but really the running back market is going to get reset because of what type of leverage Le'Veon Bell has. So I don't net. I think Jerome is out of the conversation. He was never considered, you know, a top three type running back in the NFL. He was always a really solid guy who ended up getting under four yards per carry, like for his career. 
but he was very reliable. I think there's some fan bias with him because he's beloved and he was the heartbeat of the Steelers for such a long time, but he was never the best offensive player. Uh, last thing I guess I'll say with, with Lev before I turn it over to you is, yes, the game has changed and it incorporates more receiving, which he's helped to rev- revolutionize, but Le'Veon Bell is barely in second place all time, almost in first place with the great Jim Brown in terms of total yards per game. The guy gets 150 yards every game. He's almost at that number. That's what you get from scrimmage with the mix of the running and the passing. So to me, they're just there's no other skill position player that the Steelers have ever had who accounts for that type of yardage every single game. And that to me is, is hard to argue with that number. Although I understand well, like, that the numbers don't always Did you rest your case? Uh, rest it for now. It's been a long day. I mean, I could talk about Le'Veon all night, and maybe we will, but hit me with what you got. So, like the carpenter, it is all in how you frame the argument, because there is no doubt if we consider receiving, Le'Veon Bell runs away with value for a team. But... I'm going to remove that aspect because it just wasn't a facet in the 70s and the 90s as it is today. So let me just focus on running. Please hold your yeah. complaints and uh, objections until I complete course, my, my analysis. Now, when you go to our website, SteelersOutpost.com, I will put this chart up, and it's color-coded. So green is one, is number one, yellow is number two, red is number three in terms of ranking, and I have a plethora of statistics to observe. So Jerome Bettis played the most games in a five-year span, 78 versus 66 for Franco and 62 for Le'Veon. Let's just, I just want to establish that I won't read all these numbers out. He yep. had by far the most number of yards at 6,700. As you pointed out, he did have the lowest yards per attempt at about four yards. The person who had the most yards per attempt, Franco. Franco at four and a half yards. Lev Bell has 4.3. Mm-hmm. The most... Attention-getting stat for me in this analysis that Franco had 42 rushing touchdowns. He had 45 total touchdowns. Now, that compares uh, – he's number one in both of those categories. Lev Bell has 42 touchdowns total, uh, but he falls uh, in comparison to Franco in terms of rushing touchdowns. The other really fascinating statistic, though, is that Franco had – 41 fumbles, 41 fumbles. Jerome had 18 and Le'Veon Bell had eight fumbles. So interesting. So it depends on how you slice and dice it. Yeah, I want to score and Franco was a dependable scorer. And, you know, obviously the Steelers have had their problem in the red zone. I don't know if that's just Le'Veon or not using him properly because we did have our complaints. Yes, we did have our complaints about his usage. You also mentioned that Jerome never broke the top three in uh, terms of running back rank. I dispute that, at least in terms of rushing. Jerome Bettis was number three twice. Franco was number two twice. Le'Veon Bell was second once and third once. So I'm not sure how to evaluate that, but if you look at rankings, Franco Harris, uh, actually Jerome Bettis has the highest total ranking over five years. Franco second and Le'Veon Bell is far and away in third place. Of course, that's because he did have the really quick fortunate. Yeah, I do have to inter- I do have to interject there. He would have been the number one rusher in 2017 
but they sat him out for the last game. And the year prior, he would have been the number one or number two rusher. In 2016, he would have been number two behind Ezekiel Elliott, but he sat out the last game. So I don't think those rankings are necessarily indicative of where Lev actually was. He was so good that their team got a 13-3 and record. He didn't even have to play the last game. And wow. as far as Jerome Bettis hitting top three rushing marks, yes, he, he hit those yardage totals, but I don't think there was ever a point in his career where, you could, where he was considered a top three running back. I think he was always a good running back. And that's, subje- that's subjective to agree, and some people might remember or some people might not. But Jerome was always a solid back. He was a Frank Gore type of back. He was never Emmett Smith or Marshall Falk or Edgerrin James or LaDainian Tomlinson. He was never mentioned in the same breath with those guys. He got a ton of carries. And uh, the last thing I'll say before I turn it back to you here, in terms of the touchdowns, that is a telling stat because scoring touchdowns is an art. But I think we all know that Terry Bradshaw and, and Lynn Swan weren't really hawking touchdowns away from Franco Harris. I mean, we're caught, you know, Ben is the one who's charged to get the ball in the end zone in this day and age in the NFL. And like you said, we have a lot of complaints where Lev doesn't even get the ball in the red zone half the time. So I think those numbers are a bit deceiving. Because yeah, he has so 35. But live by the sword, die by the sword. That's my point about the style of play. Yeah, maybe mm-hmm. maybe Le'Veon was denied some touchdowns because of the Steelers' play selection. So Franco and Jerome suffered in the passing game because that just wasn't part of the game back then. But but just well, we if know I Jerome back, wasn't going to be a factor in the passing game regardless. <laughs> oh, that hurts. But I, I, you know the, the fact that Le'Veon <laughs> could have been number one instead of number three does not affect his total number in in ranking. What really screwed him up is his undependability shall we say in 2015 and uh somewhat in his rookie year his his injury and his untoward fate because of some off-field issues but that didn't really the suspension didn't the suspensions didn't affect him the 30 number 35 ranking in 2015 was because he missed this whole half of a season yeah that's my point so but you're only but you picked but you picked like they weren't injured in any of those other years these this is just a coincidence because we're only picking a sample size of five years like if i wanted and lev has only played for five yeah, that's why i picked it their first five years in the league that's all i have i can't pick i can't compare franco's total record to Le'Veon. yeah i'm limited to well, what the numbers say you know i do have i think a CPA. those we, <laughs> I don't. So, I mean, I got to see to you in terms of the numbers and the Excel charts. This thing is really beautiful and I hate Excel charts and I'm enjoying it. So you guys need to take a look at it on SteelersOutpost.com. Uh, these, we, we've both made the same point kind of about how numbers can be crucial and critical towards determining how you can rank players and i think some of those numbers like the yards per carry yard average yards per carry to me is one that kind of transcends even the because you know whether you get more carries or less carries is like how much do you pick up on a on a daily basis or whatever and you can even say that yards per game it's like well it's a little bit weird because they used to get a lot more rushing yards per game but now in live on bell's day there's just a lot more offensive yards in general so we also agree that they all come with an asterisk my point i guess is is a subjective and i'm biased because i didn't get to watch franco harris play but i believe that when you talk 
in the future about this run, this era of running backs. You've had some flashes in the pan, some guys who have been up and down, like Zeke Elliott, Todd Gurley, and really no marquee running backs since Adrian Peterson. Le'Veon Bell is universally agreed on as one of the top offensive threats in the league. And I think that he's been the number one running back for a few years. And when you look back in history, you're going to say he's the top running back of his generation, in my opinion. I know that's early, but from what he can do and the how unstoppable the guy is, that's what I think is going to happen. When you talk about the running backs in the 70s, you talk more about OJ and Walter Payton. And when you talk about the running backs in the early 2000s, you're talking about LaDainian Tomlinson and even like Priest Holmes and some of those other guys. So – I kind of look at it from a legacy standpoint, and uh, which is ironic because I think Franco and Drome get the Steelers' legacy standpoint because they're a part of Super Bowl teams. And um, I just look at it in terms of Le'Veon Bell is an unstoppable force with what he can do in both the running and the passing game. And I know that the passing game wasn't part of it back then, but I don't care. Well, the, if, of course you don't care because you, your winning argument is if you keep the passing game in. We wouldn't have an argument if we kept the passing game in because I agree with you. That is the guy I would take for my team if we consider all statistics. I was just talking about rushing. If we did what you want to do, we wouldn't be talking tonight, and we wouldn't have a podcast, would we? We'd be talking about, we'd be talking about the Steelers' rookie class going out to Children's Hospital doing puzzles with the children, going to Kennywood Park, riding the Thunderbolt, and getting to know each other, 99% of whom won't be there on September 1st. Anyway, I'll just leave you with two things. Franco Harris, in his rookie year, had the most yards per attempt at 5.6. Jerome Bettis, he's he's a workhorse. Four four and a half yards was his high-water mark for the Steelers. Uh, Lev Bell almost hit five yards a carry in 2015. So, you know, I, I agree with you. Productivity-wise, we can argue all day long. It's how you slice and dice, mm-hmm. dice the data. It's just Franco is iconic. Uh, Lev Bell, the story has yet to be written. How durable is he? That'll be the question. And, again, errors count. He won't be on the Steelers again next year, so we won't actually be able to say with definitiveness. <laughs> sorry. The truth hurts. No, we're losing our best offensive player in the history of the franchise. I know, but now we have James Washington. Oh, he can play running back, I guess. I think so. Well, who's uh, Jalen? We have Jalen. Yeah, Jalen. The Swiss Army knife. (laughs) The Swiss Army knife. Yeah. No, that was. There's great points there. And listen, I didn't get to see Franco, um, but I. We'll have you guys know it, it hurts almost to argue this way because I adore – I grew up adoring Franco Harris and Jerome Bettis and I still do and they're two of the greatest all-time Steelers. Love the guys. I'm just arguing three ultra legends. Where do you rank three of the greatest running backs in the history of the sport? And luckily they're all Pittsburgh Steelers and, I w- and, and we're awesome. So go Steelers. Hey, speaking of Franco, I did find a, a video highlight of him as a happy birthday to Franco Harris, but it's cool. I mean, he's just he's just so fluid. Of course, everything's in slow motion, but he's beautiful to watch. As are I, I wouldn't say Jerome was beautiful to watch. Le'Veon, he's he's a ball, he's a ballerina, of course, but go watch the Franco Harris video. You'll love it. Uh, we have come through once again in the uh, land of the news desert. We appreciate you listening to the show, and we do the podcast every week, and we are committed to getting this out at least by Monday, if not on Sunday, before the season starts. Again, we're trying to make the show as informative and entertaining as possible, so please give us some feedback. Hit us up on Twitter at Steelers Outpost. 
Uh, we've told you numerous times the, the website address is SteelersOutpost.com or shoot us an email at SteelersOutpost at gmail.com. Nick, anything else before we get out of here? Just chime in on Twitter, everybody. Let us know, Lev or Franco. Or are you going for the bus? Let us know on Twitter. Hit us up. Hit us up on uh, on the email, and we'll shout you out on the next episode or something like that. But that's all I got for tonight. I thought that was riveting discussion, and I think that people are going to have a lot of different opinions based on their age. Hey, last thing, I spent a little more time on lynda.com, and I learned how to do a poll. And on our website, you will see a poll to choose three of the four quarterbacks who are in camp who's going to make the team so just click it's easy to do and we don't collect any personal information so until next week thanks for listening go Steelers okay bye bye there's no distance too far for the perfect trip hi checking in for or the perfect table Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more.